Hey lovelies, before we get started, I wanna remind you of all of the different ways you can get your hands on one of my designs. Impact Fashion is a line of size-inclusive, modest clothing available in sizes two through 24. I personally design and pattern every single piece in the collection so that it is fitted to perfection and every single piece runs the same. That means that once you know your size, that is your size in every single piece in the collection. Pretty cool, no? You can shop the collection online at impactfashionnyc.com. Shipping is totally free in the US and the return policy is, if I do say so myself, amazing. You have 30 days to make a decision and don't even have to pay return shipping or any sort of annoying restocking fee or anything like that. Impact Fashion can also be found at the address at American Dream Mall. The address is a curated, modest department store and definitely worth a visit if you are not an online shopping type of person. The American Dream Mall is located right next to the Meadowland Sports Complex in New Jersey. And to get to the address, you're going to want to park in Lot C, Level 3. Make a left when you walk in and you'll see the address on your right. I'm always happy to chat, whether that's to answer your sizing questions or just to get to know each other better. Find me on Instagram at impact.fashion.nyc or on WhatsApp status at 516-953-9391. You can also email me. It's rifky, R-I-V-K-Y, at impactfashionnyc.com. Enjoy the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzquist, and on today's show, I sit down with a personal stylist to discuss her journey. She shares how self-criticism initially kept her away from fashion, the power of having a uniform, why perfect body image is probably not an achievable goal, and we discuss what I am most self-conscious about. Mussy Epstein and I initially met through work and honestly immediately connected. I've often said that fashion is my favorite discussion topic and that makes Mussy such an excellent friend to chat with. She shares my conviction that it's not really about the clothes we're wearing, but the way we feel in those clothes that makes the outfit. I was like as a little kid, um, very imaginative. I loved just like, I would sit in the car and stare out the window for hours. Um, I loved playing dress up in my room, loved playing with Barbies. I was just very much in my own little world in my head. Did that make school easy for you? Yes, I was a good student. I always uh, kind of like played by the rules. Like I went to school, I knew what I needed to do. I needed to do well and I would study for all my tests. I was very studious. Um, I took school very seriously up until about high school, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was a good student. What happened in high school that made you stop taking things so seriously? I realized that it's not as big of a deal as I thought. Like getting A's wasn't that important. And I think also my social life just slowly became more and more important. So that definitely affected how much time I put into studying. Yeah, that's. I think that's a pretty normal kind of development to yeah to have were you yeah. always into outfits and clothes and putting things together yes always like I when I was little I would come out of the shower and make my towel into some sort of like 
dress, I would, like, drape it over and, like, walk around in my towel for a little bit. Like, I always was just very imaginative, and I loved... It was just so fun for me, like, to kind of create these images in my head and then try to recreate it with whatever was around me. Right. I'm curious if... So you now are a stylist, and we're going to talk about that because I love what you do, and I love your approach to what you do specifically. But I'm curious if you ever considered going into fashion design as opposed to styling or was styling always something that appealed to you? So that's a good question. Actually, when I was younger, so my grandmother was an artist and she went to FIT. And when I was little, I always thought I would be a designer. I think also because when you're younger, these jobs are less nuanced. So when you think fashion, you think designer, right? Mm -hmm. So when I grew up, all I thought was that I was going to grow up to be a designer. And then I think you know, as different things in my, you know, as I grew up, I think I became a little bit more jaded and didn't think I would make it in the industry or definitely the industry as I knew it to be. I think today it's very different. Um, But I just didn't think that I could hack it. And I didn't think I would, I guess, get into fashion school. And I was just very critical of myself. And so I kind of put that dream away. um, And I guess once I was probably 13, 14, like it wasn't really a reality anymore. Um, But neither was styling. I thought I would go into business. Not really sure why. I thought I would be a finance girl. That would not have worked out. Let's just say that. Um, But I, I went to college and I got a business degree. And... I thought I would go into finance. I thought I'd go to business um, graduate school and get my MBA. And that was that. So what happened? I was just really, really unhappy. I was working um, at a real estate consulting firm that I... What is real estate consulting? It's basically a company that helps people who own lots of properties. So you get a lot of fines, you get a lot of violations. Um, If you want to renovate the apartments in the building we help with permits that's basically what I did I did the permits and I was just so unhappy like I had no creative outlet um I just was doing something I really didn't enjoy and I started doing these pop-ups um in 2018 I would go thrifting and source a bunch of great stuff because I love doing that and I basically started doing these pop-ups and I would spend all my time after work shopping And then I would host these events once a month that I would like put together like a whole vibe. I would have music, I would have wine, people would come, they'd shop. And I was just like, I didn't know what to do with this feeling that I was feeling. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And I was exhausted because I had no time. I would go to work and then do this, but I was just so happy. And I was like, I want to feel this all the time. Um, and then I started doing styling for friends because I, I had always, I don't know if you could say I've always done styling, but like, I've just always been really great at putting looks together. I'm a very visual person. Um, I could help friends. Uh, it was just something I was always just really innately good at. Um, and so while I was doing the pop-ups, I also started doing styling on the side and it, I was doing it for a while and then I started a business with a friend who approached me. She found me on Instagram and now we're like sisters. 
we started this business called Better Call Bella, which didn't make it through COVID. And once we had closed that business, um, I realized I'm going all in for styling and I started doing it full time. Talk to me about Better Call Bella, because I loved this concept. This was around when you and I first met. Yes. Um, yes. when that was going on. And um talk talk to me about that. What was the concept behind that? So it was it is a brilliant idea. Um so Sarah Tolkins had messaged me on Instagram that she had an idea for a business. Um, especially in the religious community, there are so many events all the time. And everyone is constantly getting dressed up for these events. And you want to wear different dresses to each one. And people are investing a lot in these dresses and altering them and changing them and you know, buying pieces that aren't so modest and putting a lot of work into them. And she had this idea that it would be amazing if women could rent pieces from other women's closets. And it would be on an online platform, an online marketplace. It would be super simple. And we worked on it for two years and we launched right before COVID. So, yeah. <laughs> it is <laughs> such me, a good idea. Yeah. But it's it's, a, it's an event-based fashion business launching, you know, beginning of 2020. That timing sucks. It really does suck. And it just took all the air out of us because we had been working on it for two years. We were building a website. It was really complicated. Um, we were really working so hard. We were networking. We were doing everything. And we launched about a month and a half before everything shut down. And so there was just no runway. There was no momentum. And we really tried to keep it going through COVID, through 2020. But it was just so emotionally draining because we were really pushing against um, you know, a tide that was going against us. So we, after a year, we, you know, made the decision to close the business. Um, it just wasn't working for either of us. And I had been doing the styling aspect of the business. So I was doing the photo shoots, um, the social media, all the styling aspects, along with other things, because I was a co-founder, but my main joy was really in the styling. So as sad as it was for us to close that business, I think I needed that experience to show me that styling was really what I was passionate about and that I need to give it a try and just go all in. And so for that, like, I feel very blessed that I had this experience that even though, you know, it didn't come to fruition or it did because we did launch it and there were so many successes within it the fact that we closed it as sad as it was it really gave me that push so I see it as you know the catalyst for where I am now right like a one of those stepping stones almost that leads to you know to something even better but it still yeah. sucks yeah it was a lot yeah. of work yeah it's and it's so hard to see something like that just disappear. I don't think that people realize just how, I mean, maybe they do, but COVID was catastrophic for the fashion industry in, especially for event-based companies, um, especially, you know, for special occasion wear companies. I mean, we're talking about huge, forget about like Barney's and, you know, all those companies that didn't make it through, but also major fashion houses like Zach Posen, you know, basically because their main yeah. customer was Barney's. Um, didn't end up making it through. And there were all of these smaller businesses as well that 
that just that it you know the the world's changed overnight and there's only so much that that you can do with it when when all of that went down and you had this kind of realization that like okay styling is what i want to do what what do you do next with that like okay i'm a stylist congratulations like what happens next to actually make that happen i wish i could even tell you it's just it really was something i just went headfirst into and i can't recall any steps that i took so by 2021 when we closed the business i had already taken on clients so i was already doing styling work but once we closed the business, I was like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. And I hired a business coach and she helped me with my packaging, my branding. And that was like the big deal for me, like to take my business to the next level. I also, oh, right. This is what happened. I switched my name of my page because till then I was the closet editor and right. I loved it. And oh, I yes. love the closet editor. I forgot about that. Yeah. And that name like holds a really special place in my heart because I feel like the closet editor is like little mussy mm-hmm. and it's such, it's also like a very cutesy name and I remember like coming up with it took me so long and then I remember sitting with my mom um, and my husband and we were just brainstorming and I think like I did like the closet therapist or something uh, and then we were just like going at it. And then the closet editor and I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. That is so good. And I was so excited about it. So I, previously I was doing all my styling under that name, that page. And then once I hired the business coach, we're like, okay, it doesn't, I feel like I've outgrown that. And like, I'm really ready to elevate. So we just went with my name and it felt right. And so when I rebranded, like that felt that felt real to me. Like, okay, now I'm a stylist. I feel more comfortable in what I'm doing. I mean, I was scared. I was so scared. Um, like the day that I launched my new name and the rebrand, like I was shaking. I was so nervous. It felt like the scariest thing ever, but also the most exciting. Like, I guess it's both sides of the same coin. Um, so really for me, Nothing changed besides for the fact that I had taken steps to make it more official. And I kind of graduated from the closet editor to Mussy Epstein. And from there, I mean, it's been, it's been quite a ride. It's been pretty crazy. That's, that's really good to hear. It's always nice to know that there's a, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, especially after, you know, a hard experience, like, um, like what happened with, COVID and, and better call Bella. I don't think that we've told people what styling is. So can you just, no. let's backtrack for a second. <laughs> yeah. um, how, wh- what do you, what is a stylist? What is a stylist and why should I care? Okay. So here's the thing. Styling is a very interesting part of the fashion world. And I think there are so many different stylists who do very different things. So I think growing up and what most people think of a, of a stylist, they think of a celebrity stylist, right? So right. like a red carpet stylist. Yes. You're thinking Carla Welch, Law Roach. These are all like huge, really big stylists. My um, Elizabeth Stewart always comes to mind. Yeah. Yes. So most people think, oh, stylist is not for me. 
it's for really wealthy people and celebrities because that's you know what you're exposed to but a stylist is just someone who can really help you curate refine elevate your look so it's not like okay um you know princess diaries let's have a makeover and you come out you're a new person it's really for me styling is about refinement it's not like oh you have terrible taste let me take you shopping and we're gonna have a whole makeover montage like in a movie and you're gonna come out looking like a princess it's really about kind of like okay let's take a look at what you wear every day your lifestyle what your goals are how you want to feel and then from there we really tweak and refine your look so that you know when you walk into a room or when you go to a meeting or when you wake up every day the way you feel is matched in what you're wearing and what you're wearing is matched in what you're feeling inside so it's really like a reflection of who you are and who you want to be because you know there's always like your goal look um things that you'll wear for certain occasions when you want to feel a certain way i work with a lot of you know stay-at-home moms and you would think a stay-at-home mom doesn't need a stylist because they're home all day right but what I find when I work with these women is it's not about like looking super glamorous and like changing up their whole entire wardrobe, but it's really about them feeling their best selves within their lifestyle. You don't need to be a celebrity. You don't need to be a CEO. You don't need to be an influencer to use a stylist. You just have to be intentional. You want to feel your best. Um, and that's why whenever like people ask me, you know, what I do, I say that I help intentional women elevate their image. Um, because I think that someone who's very intentional about who they are and how they put themselves out there, they're, they're the ones who are going to gain the most from working with a stylist. Right. Someone who already has like a seed of what they want to be putting out in the world and just needs a little bit of direction and how to project that. Yeah, exactly. And it's also about being in a place where you can be open to, you know, other suggestions and be open to working on your look. Because I think what people don't realize, or, you know, maybe what I've even come to realize over the years is that it's very much an internal process as much as it is an external process. So you have to be intentional in the sense that you have to be ready to mentally invest yourself into your look and invest in yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's always the tricky part, huh? Yeah. That that investment in in seeing yourself as worthy enough of putting a lot of mental energy towards how am I walking about the world, even if I'm doing nothing other than just like loading a baby in a stroller and going to the grocery store. Yeah. And not to minimize one over the other. Every single woman and every single aspect of her life, every single day, no matter what she's doing, deserves to feel her best. And it's really not about who you are and what you do. It's just about how you want to feel. And yeah, I find that no matter who I'm working with, the impetus for working with a style with a stylist is that they want to feel their best. And that's coming from a very internal place. 
Um, you know, it's the postpartum mom who is really just looking for herself again and is ready to kind of leave behind who she was before and invest in who she wants to be. Um, it's someone starting in a new career who wants to be able to show up every day in a certain way and be able to express herself really authentically and show up in a way that feels good to her. So it's really all of those things. And that's why it starts with intention. So, you know, up until the point where you are ready for that, you may look at a stylist and think, you know, it's not something for me, but I think there's like almost like a light switch that goes off when people are like, Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to work with a stylist. And it's a very interesting flip when you see it. Yeah. Because it's also, you have to, I see, I have this thing where I definitely go through seasons where all I want to be in is in my pajamas and I just want to be a slug and I just want to, you know, I, that's just where I I need to be for whatever reason. And I find it yeah. difficult to like, but not necessarily to put together the outfit, but just like, listen, I work in a room by myself most days. And let's be perfectly honest. If I wasn't on camera, most of those days, I would be in my pajamas. And hundred percent. And like those kinds of once you, the, and then I do get to a point whenever I'm in that kind of mindset, it's usually associated with winter, but I'm just like at, towards the end, as it gets warmer and it gets sunnier and all of that, I'm just like, girls putting on clothes and once you like it just has to happen and you just have to kind of be done with your slug era and and move into the light and if you don't have the tools to know what that light era looks like to know what your non-slug self looks like then working with a stylist can be a really powerful way to refine what that practical everyday look looks like for you no matter what your practical everyday looks like yeah and so I actually have a question for you. When you're in that slug era, do you ever wake up and you're just like, I just want to feel good today. Like, and even if it's putting on like a fresh sweatshirt and just a different skirt. Uh, sometimes, but also my, when I'm not at work, my life involves a fair amount of spit up and general grossness these days. Yeah. So there's also a very practical aspect, which is, right. it is like when I'm at home in full mom mode, it is easier to just be in my pajamas. And then I will change those pajamas before going to sleep because right. they're just going to get enough. disgusting. So right. there's, there's definitely that aspect of it. Um, I would say that I have, I have always had in my closet, I call them pajama clothes. Um, yes. You know, like, exactly. They're an important part of, of your of your wardrobe, which, I mean, all, for me, it actually started out as a modesty thing because most of my pajamas are pants. I don't wear pants outside of my house. So um, if I wanted to like go to the grocery store in my pajamas, I would need to, at the very least, throw a skirt on or pro tip. And I did this while I was pregnant, get a very long coat. My maternity coat was floor length. And we called it the Michelin man because it was this <laughs> giant puffer coat. It was so big. It it looked alive when it was on a hanger. It was so huge. Um, and I was quite large underneath it. And I looked like the Michelin man, but the oh Michelin man was like, it was, it was a full body situation. So I could put it over whatever I wanted. I don't whatever remember. Whatever gets you through, you know? Sometimes exactly. You it's like, whatever you got to do. Um, so yeah, I pajama clothes are just really, really comfortable clothes that 
kind of feel like pajamas, but are appropriate for outside, whether that's yeah. in terms of coverage or in look or things like that. They tend for me to be like knit pieces that are a little bit loose wearing. Um, I'll usually wear them with like a headscarf, not a wig, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, there are definitely days when, you know, when I feel that I will say this. I definitely feel better when I get dressed. There's there's a little bit of like a standing up straighter, you know, that I feel assuming that like I'm not sick or anything, but you know, like a yeah. like definitely a shoulders back, jaw forward type of stance when I you know, even if I'm in a little bit of a slug era. Um, but there's there's room for in a wardrobe for both. There is one thousand percent room for both. And I think that's why knowing lifestyle is always so important because you know, I think there's this ideal, right? We want to feel glamorous. We want to feel dressed up. We look on social media and everyone looks perfect all the time. And we really want, you know, those gorgeous loafers with that blazer and a stunning little handbag. But like you said, if your lifestyle is very different and your days don't look like glamorous coffee shop runs and trips to the hair salon and meetings with, uh, I don't know, your other influencer friends. And that's not practical. So it's really, it's really about figuring out your formula. So this is why I think styling is so important. So let's say I, I totally get you, by the way, I get into the same modes where like, I just don't feel like getting dressed either. It's because I'm in like a shitty place mentally, or I'm just, it's winter and you feel gross. So you don't want to get dressed. Um, the trick is having pieces that make you feel good without getting dressed. So like you said, a coat. So you had a coat that just covered everything and it just made it work so that you could It was run also objectively to... hysterical. So it just made me laugh. It was it ridiculous. Right. It, it was, was it was ridiculous. It was, I mean, it, I, it was comical. It was truly, <laughs> truly comical. Um, and that was but also part of the fun it. of it. Exactly. It got me through and it kept me warm when I was pregnant in the winter. And that's what I needed. Right. So, you know, if it's not pregnancy, it's just a really great long wool coat that you wear over your pajamas every single day. And people look at you and like, wow, you look so put together. And that is the trick. Or you have a really nice bag and you're wearing a cotton t-shirt dress and sneakers, but you have a beautiful bag and just like your favorite necklace. And those things just make you feel good. They make you feel like your best self, even if you're not like head to toe, super glammed up. I think that's what's really important. And that's where a stylist can really, really help you because so especially for me, my focus is not shopping. So people will ask me, you know, I think thinking that I'm a personal shopper or they just think personal stylist means both things, but really there's, there are two separate jobs. There are people who just do shopping. They're amazing shoppers. I'm a great shopper, but my focus is styling because my focus is to really help you utilize what you have and also figure out what is going on in your closet because I could take you shopping we could buy a whole new wardrobe but that doesn't give you the tools to then six months later figure out why you're not liking anything in your wardrobe again so right. basically let's say this we have a scenario right so spring is coming so you tell me, Missy, I would love to really elevate my wardrobe. Let's go shopping and buy some new pieces. We go, you buy three new dresses, two great pairs of shoes, a handbag, and a really nice jacket for spring. And then three months later, you text me and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm just like sick of the things we bought. 
and I don't know what to do. Like I've been wearing this dress and those shoes every, like all the time. And now I'm just like a little bit bored of it. Now here's another scenario. We go into your closet. You show me the pieces that are your go-tos. We figure out why they're your go-tos. You show me pieces that you love, but you never wear. We figure out why you're never wearing them. And from there, we kind of create this picture of what are you looking for when you're getting dressed? What, why are these pieces your go-tos? So that when you do go shopping, you can have those things in mind, but also you can kind of create this formula that becomes your go-to. So instead of wearing that dress in the same exact way, because that's all you know how to do, you start thinking about, okay, you know what? I actually really love little feminine touches to whatever I wear. It makes me feel good. So one time you're going to wear this dress with a really dainty pair of shoes, or let's say you want to dress it up. You'll wear a really nice heel and a beautiful necklace, or you'll add like a very feminine jacket. And that way that dress doesn't just become that dress, but it becomes a tool in your wardrobe and you now know how to use it. Right. So it's about identifying not only just good pieces, but good ways to wear any piece. And not just good ways to wear any piece, but ways that make you feel good. So objectively, there could be good ways to wear that piece. I could say wear it with a pair of loafers. It'll look great, but you're not a loafer person. Right. So we're not just figuring out how can we, you know, wear this dress 10 different ways. We're trying to figure out how to wear this dress 10 different ways using the formula that works for you. Right. So it's, so it's personalized and zoning into the specific person and what they're drawn to, what their life is like, what they, you know, just like in general, in terms of fashion and style and identifying what, I love this idea of a formula, like what their go-tos are. My mom yeah. used to call that a uniform. Yeah. So I have a formula. Um, I know I feel really good in loafers and a blazer. And so the days that I don't want to get dressed, what looks, what my pajamas are is wearing, you know, an oversized button down, a denim skirt, loafers and a blazer or a dress with loafers and a blazer. So that kind of becomes my uniform when I feel in a rut and I don't have the creative you know, capacity to think of something exciting or new or fresh or fun when I just want to throw something on and I need to run out and I just want to throw something on. That's when a formula really kicks in. So when you're in this like slug era where you're, it's winter and like, you're just sick of everything and you don't want to buy anything because you don't want to look at another sweater. You don't want to look at another pair of boots. Maybe you'll buy a really nice new bag and that'll just be something that you can use as a tool to elevate what you currently have. Right. I love that way of thinking. I'm curious how body image comes up with your clients. And especially like you mentioned, postpartum, you just rolled your eyes so far in the back yeah, of your head. Okay, I'm go. Like, <laughs> that is the core. I mean, body as a, okay. This is like, I'm very passionate about this. So I think working with women and as a woman who very much has struggled with my body image since I'm very, very, very young. It's a journey that I get to experience through my clients as well. So every client that I have is another is another peek into a woman's psyche. And it's mind-boggling because I'm literally having a mirror to myself. I'm like, 
how could she talk about her body that way? And then I'm like, wait, this is literally how I sometimes experience body image as well. So it's both a learning experience. And obviously, because it's not my body, I'm able to really give these women an objective perspective about how they should look at their body. And I mean, at the end of the day, what I've come out with is that no matter where you are in your life, you deserve to feel good. So I have so many women who are like, it's crazy. I don't fit in these clothes anymore. And you know, it's just so hard because none of my old things fit me. And I'm like, yeah, that's normal because you're a woman and our bodies change drastically. I mean, obviously you don't fit into clothes. You fit in when you were 20 and now you're 35 with three kids. I mean, right. I, I don't see it that way, of course, of course, but, but it's it seems like, oh, so, it seems so uh, like sane and so reasonable when you say it that way. And yet when you're staring at the clothes that don't fit the, the first thought that I think occurs to most of us is what's wrong with me that these don't fit anymore. hundred percent. It's what's wrong with me. And I just had a client and I just kept saying, you don't work for clothes. Clothes are meant to work for you. Wow. The end. I love that way of phrasing it. You don't work yeah, for clothes. I have chills because I just like, I know how my clients respond to that. And I know how I, like, I say that to myself all the time. Like, I'm not spending money so that I can stress out about fitting into my clothes. My clothes are meant to make me feel good, not the other way around. Right. So why do we consistently put ourselves in a position where we hold on to pieces that don't fit. So in turn, that just makes us feel like crap because we're not fitting in our clothes. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times my clients don't want to buy new clothes because they feel like they need to fit back into those clothes. So it's almost like a punishment. Like, oh, once I drop those last 10 pounds, then I will A, fit back into my clothes and B, then, then it's time to buy new clothes. Right. And then I get to not be naked. Or not be yes. in like the same ratty t-shirt that I've been wearing yes. over and over and over again because, um, you know, be, because then I will be deserving of being dressed. Exactly. When, if you think about it, when you eat, when you eat good food, when you eat well, you want to then work out because you want to keep feeling good. And when you work out, you want to eat well because you want to continue that process of feeling good. So... When you dress in clothing that doesn't make you feel good, you continue that cycle of just not feeling great. So you're not motivated to make any changes. You're just kind of like waiting for something to change. But if you start buying clothes that make you feel good, clothes that fit you, then you're kind of motivated to make other better choices in your life. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I don't know that I necessarily approach it in that way. But for me, a big part of my journey when it comes to body image personally, a big part of that has been letting go of the letting go of trying to change my body. That's something that I needed to really come to peace with. Um, and and I and because I, I knew for myself that the times when I was focused on trying to get smaller, whether that was through exercising or what I was eating or or whatever, those were the times when I was the least happy. 
when I was obsessing about food, when I was obsessing about what I was eating and what I was doing, when I was count like all of that, those for me were times when I when I wasn't able to even enjoy, let's say the the quote unquote better body, you know, that right. I gained from that because it was there was always it was never good enough. There was always you know, there, there was always more, more to reach. And for me, it's been more about distilling that even if I am this bigger size for the rest of my life, that bigger size still needs to get dressed and still deserves to get dressed in a way that makes my like soul for lack of a better word, but that feels really yeah. too gushy, but like, I guess so. Oh, yeah. Um, but like that makes, that makes my innermost, most aligned self feel like I am putting out a good representation, even if that means giving up the idea that I will ever be smaller. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. It has to come from that place of acceptance because you can't, I saw something really interesting on this girl's page that I follow and it resonated so much and I can't stop thinking about it. She was talking about something called the waiting zone how we like get stuck in the waiting zone, waiting for like success in your career, waiting to make more money to do this or waiting to lose weight to feel good. And I was just like, that is brilliant. And it it's so simple and it's so powerful because I feel like as women, like a lot of times we're in that waiting zone, you know, postpartum is a waiting zone. You're just constantly waiting to feel like yourself again and and to get back to your weight or whatever it is. And I feel like we're constantly putting ourselves in those waiting zones. And yeah, 100%, it needs to come from a place of acceptance. And I will definitely admit that I am not 100% there yet with my body. I don't but think anybody I, is. Yeah. I, 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 tr- I, there's a, there's a huge part of me, and this is so scary to think and to say out loud. I don't think that it is an achievable goal with the way that our society is structured to, is structured currently. I, I don't think that feeling... confident in your skin 100% of the time is doable for any woman our age and probably not for any woman like for the next 50 to 100 years maybe I just don't think that it's something that we it's so ingrained in our head it's so ingrained in 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 the way that we the way that we view ourselves the way that we view the women around us that I really don't think that it's I, I really don't think that it's possible. And I don't say that in a in a doomsday kind of way. I think that realizing that even, even the people who 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 feel pretty good about themselves a good chunk of the time, even those people are only hitting it sometimes. I definitely wake up so you know, and it's I'm using myself in as, as an example because I'd like to say this quite publicly because I know that there are plenty of people who look at me and think that like oh she is so confident in her skin and 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 you know is and is fully evolved when it comes to these issues and I will admit that I'm probably slightly more evolved than most people and I definitely have gotten to the point where I can publicly post a picture that most people would consider unflattering um and and for me that's no longer an issue but I probably still wake up maybe once every two weeks and like look in the mirror and feel a little bit gross. And, and, and then I can move past that, which I think is the real skill is, 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 you know, looking in the mirror, feeling a little bit gross and then going, okay, but that's not the most exciting thing about me. And I can still 
you know, I can still do what I meant to do in this world. And I can still, you know, there's still plenty of people who love me. And there's, and there's so much more, there's so many more things that are more interesting about me than how I look and then go on with my day. But I, but I don't think that 100% confident, 100% of the time when it comes to your, I, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just think that because I haven't reached it, but I don't think that it's an achievable goal. That just made me very emotional. Thank you for sharing that. I think it is important for people to hear that because maybe we also have this misconception as a society, especially in our society today about healing, that one day we'll be healed. And I think I definitely get caught in that trap a lot. Like if I buy those supplements or if I hire this coach or if I do this program and I heal this and then not, you know, I think there's a lot of that and it's never ending, like you said. And you're right. I think maybe accepting the fact that it is a struggle and that you won't always feel that confident. You always won't always feel that great. Maybe that's the real goal because then you won't be so scared by those feelings, you know, like if you're in a dressing room and just like horrified by the lighting, which is a reality that I experienced yesterday, you could just go, okay, like I'm just struggling right now a little bit, totally normal. I'm in a mall. Dressing rooms are notoriously terrible for your confidence or actually depends which ones you're in, but um, just like acknowledging that struggle and maybe also with style, like being able to acknowledge that right now you're just not in a place where it's that important. And then, you know, being able to go back to your formula on the days where it is and just making it more of a realistic goal than feeling like, you know, if I buy this piece, I will feel good. And that'll be the end of the road. If only it were that easy. Right. It's a constant journey. And I'm I'm really appreciating what you just said right now, because it's, you hear things in so many ways until you hear it the one way where it clicks. Right. And I think you're so right. Like I'm thinking about myself and I'm just like taking a moment and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'm not a hundred percent there and maybe I'll, I never will be. But the fact that I'm even like on this journey and working at it and just trying to accept my body as it is trying to make it feel good. Um, you know, maybe instead of 10 out of 10 times looking at a picture and going ah, it's like six out of, or seven or eight out of 10 times, like or nine and a half. Exactly. That's that's what it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's something actually that I've been reflecting on a lot more recently, especially um, like with the whole opening of, of the address at American dream mall, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot more people um, who have been affected by the work that I do. And a lot of people have, have shared with me that, that the line or that my content or whatever has been, has, has been really helpful for them to explore body image, which I'm, which I'm really honored about. That must be the best feeling to meet people in person. It's awesome. And it's also terrifying because I can post, like, let's say I'll, I'll, I'll use a specific example. When I photographed the new colors of my winter snuggle dress, um, I, it was not a good day. It was really not a good day. Um, and it was just whatever. It was just one of those days where I was up in my head and it just needed right. to get done. Like it was homework. It had to happen, you know, yeah. put on the clothes, get, you know, get them photographed. This is part of my job. Yeah. Um, 
And I really, I really don't like those photos. I really don't. Um, I think that they're okay. I think that there are plenty of them that are fine. Um, but there are also definitely plenty of them that are not great and are certainly not what we would call conventionally flattering. Um, but at the end of the day, I just needed to have photos of that dress on that day. And that's what we got. And I'm, and I'm fine with it. And every time when I post those photos, especially the ones that are not what we would consider conventionally flattering. And when you can, I was also, I'm forgetting the exact timeline on them. I was a couple of months postpartum. So I still very much had like a, that is hard. Yeah. It was, the whole thing was just not great timing. Um, and I, st and I had like this, and also I had a C-section. So like my whole body shape is very different right now. Um, and wow. always, and always will be for the rest of my life because Haya had major surgery and, right. Exactly. and with all, right. But like, by the way, let's remember major surgery. Um, yes. and with all of that, it's, there was every time, every now and then there'll be someone who will like, oh, it's so brave of you to post these photos. And then there's a tiny part of me that's like, you ever want to punch those people a little bit? A tiny bit, a teeny tiny bit, because I get where they're coming from. In a certain sense, yeah, I guess it is brave to not have like reorganized my schedule and everything to shoot it on day when it was better and wear the Spanx or do the thing or whatever. There are definitely things that I could have done to make those photos look better. Um, obviously, we're not even going to like the editing situation, which I will never right. retouch my photos. But no. aside from that, like in the actual thing, there are things that I could have done that I chose not to. Um, and there's a tiny part of me that does want to punch the people calling me brave. But also, I wish that, like, I don't, I don't love posting them. I'll do it, but I don't love it. And I think that that for a lot of people is where the disconnect will be because they'll assume that because I've put it out there in the world, it's something right. that I am like this is i am championing body positivity right um which in a way i am i guess that's sucking it up and just you, doing it in a well, way kind of is have. right but like i don't know I, I still have days when like i'll look at those photos and i'll be like Ugh. or or i'll or i'll post one from that same shoot that where my stomach is not sticking out as obviously or something like right. that um maybe it's yeah, just it's the tricky. changing of, of the terminology even right. even body positivity to me kind of feels like I don't know, maybe not stale, but something about it feels condescending and something about like bravery feels con like it's just, it is what it is. It's your body. Like, right. This is just the I way I look people. <laughs> I understand also, you know, you can't share every aspect of what's going on in your head. So you can right. post the pictures and you don't need to start telling everyone how, you know, crappy you felt and how you still need to post the pictures because you need it for your business. Like, you're not going into that because right. we're not bearing our soul every time we post a, sh a photo, but the, like, I understand that there's two parts to it. Like the break, like the person telling you this doesn't mean it in a condescending way. Maybe that's just my personal, like, you know, we need to change the way we talk about it and stop making feel women feel brave for just being comfortable in their body. Right. Or even just for existing. You yeah. would never tell a super skinny person that they were brave. No, you never say that. But at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing. And I'm not even what we would call conventionally plus size. I wear now like between a size 12 and 14, I would say, which is a straight size, 100%. Yeah. And that, you know, it's when I have these little experiences, there's always parts of me that think to my plus size customers who have these experiences on the daily to a much greater degree than I do and who have been dealing with this for a much longer amount of time than I have usually. And it's always, it just, it just makes me a little bit sad that we're still stuck in that definition of how we're supposed to look. 
and that right. and and that it's you know, yeah like I said I don't think that this is something that is achievable I really don't I don't think that it's something that we ever reach like that a plus grade on I think that we have seasons and times when that are better and worse and otherwise it just kind of we just kind of slog through it well I hope we can kind of change that yeah but I mean seasons and changes and our bodies also go through seasons and changes and I mean I I don't even want to speak from that place of struggle because I do not know what it would be like for someone plus size um I just know that I want people to know that they can feel good no matter their size even if it's going from a size zero to a size four I think any change for anyone is going to be a very personal and slightly traumatic experience because one day you wake up and you're like, wait, what is going on here? This is not, I'm not used to this. And the second you get used to something, it changes. Right. Uh, and then, you know, something like being pregnant and giving birth to a human for some people, it's very easy to just look at it as that, that they gave birth to a human and it's a beautiful thing. And some people it's harder. And I think it's never going to be a hundred percent, like you said, because it's also such a personal experience and we can never generalize or really quantify everyone's experience into one statement because everyone feels differently right so you're right it's just a very interesting conversation to have and I think like part of me is like oh I can't believe I'm having this conversation because I mean I'm not a big person I know I'm definitely lucky I'm on the smaller side but for me like over the years, I've definitely gone up and up and I do know what it feels like to just wake up and not really like what's going on. Um, and I think that there's just so much judgment on ourselves and on others, whether someone's too skinny or too big or not skinny. You know, it's just like, it's never ending. We're, cause we're not just critical of ourselves. We end up being critical of others and it's just, it's an interesting cycle that we put ourselves in. Yeah. And, and the more critical we are of others, the more we're thinking about how they're critical of us. Yes. And, and that monster is never satisfied. It's, it's just got to keep getting fed. Yeah. And I think the whole, I mean, the comparison game is just, Ugh. I, I'll just give a quick little example, but I'm very like secure in my style. I know that like, when I see things that I really like, but I'll be able to identify whether it is my style or not, whether it would work for me or not. And I'm just, I'm not like a typical, typically like sexy dresser. And I like things that are just a little bit more like um, for the female gaze. Like I like oversized, I like fun, I like easy. um, And I really do enjoy it. And I had my 30th birthday Thursday, uh, Saturday night. And I, I don't know, I feel like 30th, you know, you kind of feel like you want to like dress a bit sexier and like be like, you know, 30, I'm ready for you. And anyways, like I got this gorgeous dress and I was at my friend's house um, over the weekend and my friends were putting together their looks for the party and it was Gatsby themed. So everyone was getting all dressed up and it was really fun. And all my friends were like trying on these really like nice high heels and I haven't worn high heels in like forever. I don't own any sexy high heels. And all of a sudden, like I felt myself like, like panicking, like, oh my gosh, like I don't have, I don't have good heels. Cause I was like in a moment where I was surrounded by all my friends 
um, you know, putting on these shoes. And I went home and I was like stressed and panicking. Like I don't have shoes. What am I going to do? And I was going crazy and I was all in my head. And then like, I took a deep breath and I was like, Masi, you know, your style, you know, you're confident in your style. Go get the shoes that you had imagined. Maybe they're not like super sexy stilettos, but they're what you love. And I put them on and I felt so good. And it was so nice to have that reminder. And sometimes I do need to take myself out of a situation to stop spiraling. Right. But it's just interesting how that happens. Right. And I actually had a very similar situation that happened recently. Um, It was actually um, before the opening of the address. And there was this big fancy party. And when I tell you the amount of freaking out that I was doing before this party, it was for the launch. It was Oh my God, so far with my head up my own ass. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, I was, I was just, the, those kinds of events are not my natural habitat. They're no. really not, Um, especially for, I just want to say that like the event itself was beautiful and the night I ended up having a really great time. And in the lead up to it, I was having your basic nervous breakdown. Like it, it's yep. just, those kinds of things are just. I don't know, like it it was super exclusive, which is like just not that makes me do that even when I say it. Like it's just it's just not my vibe. Um and 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 it was weird for me to like kind of be on the inside of this super exclusive thing when like my entire life I've been on the outside and let's get real, I'm a little bit more comfortable on the outside of that. Um and understandably. Right. And um I am, let's say, over a year postpartum at this point, and I always wear super high heels. I have always worn super high heels. I'm 5'2". I am most self-conscious about my height. My husband also happens to be six feet tall. So, no way. Yeah, seriously. He is a full foot on me. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I, like, my natural habitat is in the highest heel that you can possibly think of. And I had never, my feet totally changed when I was pregnant and none of my shoes fit me. Like, I literally could not get my foot into anything. So I went, um, and, and also there's, like, a part of me now that thinks more practically because most of the time, like, when I'm at an event, I'm also in mom mode and that needs a very different kind of shoe. And this yeah. was one of those rare occasions when I was not going to be in mom mode and I and I really wanted to find something and I ended up I was in DSW and I found this like I found this kitten heel actually that was really comfortable I ended up buying them and I sent a picture to my mom and I was like I like them I'm not sure should I get them should I not and my mom was like they're perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with them and then I happened to check out the clearance section and I found in my size the they're probably like four and a half inches high um like black shoe with a clear heel they're so hot and they're so fantastic and my feet hurt so much after them but when I tell you that I wore those shoes all night and hobbled around the next day and and that was what really made me feel like me like I really felt like she's back baby and I really and I felt like I really needed that for that event because I was really a fish out of water and it was it was a really nice the same way that like you had that at your party with with the flat shoe like I needed that with the high shoe and it was and it was really fun to do and I still and obviously I still have the shoes I wear them I I own them and I'm very excited to pull them out again at probably some event that won't happen for like the next 15 years um (laughs) because I can't imagine any other event where it'd be even somewhat practical for me to be wearing them but when that time comes they're coming out baby exactly um and it's yeah it's these little moments I think that really show us the power of of clothes and of what we wear and of of how we present ourselves yeah, 100%. I can't believe that our time has like totally flown by. Um, I, I think we could go for like another hour or two. We totally sure. could. 
we, you know what, we'll do a part two, a different time. Um, for uh, someone who wants to find you, where can they go? So they can find me on Instagram as Mussy Epstein. And also I'm dabbling in TikTok Mussy Epstein as well. And God willing in 2023, I will have a website. Okay. So yeah. we will link all of that in the show notes. Uh, the last thing that I want to ask you is what I ask everyone who comes on the show, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on this. What does it mean to you to make an impact? Ooh, that's a good question. I will say that changes a lot right now. I think just being able to help as many women as possible and to hear them tell me how happy they are to have worked on their style and what a difference it makes. So that to me is really would be me making my impact in the world because I really feel like that's what I was put on here to do. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Mussy. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Mussy, her links are in the show notes. On last week's episode, I went solo to discuss my newest design, the shift flutter dress and the things we think we can't wear. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful Podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 20 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rivki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's making an impact together.